630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, they're getting ready to go at Rogers Place. Game 7, Vegas and Vancouver. We'll keep you updated. Winner will face Dallas in the Western Conference Final. They'll dive right into that. It's going to start on Sunday night. Earlier today, an absolute thriller between the Stars and the Avalanche. The uh, well-known hockey legend, Yoel Kivaranta, a hat trick, including the tying goal late in the third and the game winner set up by Andre Sekera, 7-24 into overtime. Dallas takes that game 5-4 to move on. Blue Jays uh, trailing the Red Sox 2-1 in the fifth in the second game of their doubleheader. Blue Jays won earlier 8-7. And uh, in the NBA, the Heat now up 3-0 on the Bucs, a 115-100 victory. The Rockets and the Lakers will uh, tip off in a few minutes, game one of their second-round series, and the Raptors back at it tomorrow against Boston. Point five to go in game three. OG with a look. Yeah, I love hearing that call from Matt Devlin on TSN last night. Ananobi, the clutch three to get the win. And uh, he was pretty calm after the shot compared to everybody else. Because when I shot, I expected to make it. So I don't shoot trying to miss. Every shot I shoot, I try to make it. So I was not surprised. I wasn't surprised. Well, I realize he expected to make it, but my goodness, he could still... Get a little emotional, maybe a fist pump, smile, even high five. He just so I, I last night I, I, that was almost 24 hours ago. It was probably about 7:15, and Stoffer was on with me. So we're chatting about a bunch of stuff. We chatted some football, then we're talking Oilers. And while Bob is talking, that shot goes in. So I, I'm sitting here in my basement with the sound turned down on the TV, and I, I had to stop myself from making some sort of a noise or exclamation that would have interrupted Bob. I didn't want to do that. So I just kind of held my tongue until Bob stopped. And then, and then we updated the game and the way it played out. I, I, I see the Lowry inbound the ball. OG catches it, shoots it and scores. And then he just starts walking off the court. And without having the sound on, I thought, Oh, he must've not got the shot off in time. And he must know that, so he's not celebrating. It must have been obviously after the buzzer. And then I see everybody running to him, and I was like, well, wait a minute. Everybody else thinks it's a basket. <laughs> so how come he, he isn't excited? It just turns out he just expected to make it, so he didn't get excited. I don't know. I, I've, I've never played pro sports. I'm, I'm guessing most of you haven't. Maybe we got a couple of former NHLers out there listening or something. I don't know. But I, I still would think... If, uh, well, I mean, what I, I talk about golf all the time and I'm a terrible golfer, but if I had a, a putt for a personal best round, and even if it was a relatively easy putt, uh, say a three foot flat putt, no break, coarse and green, I'm familiar with. But if it was a putt for a personal best round, 
that I expected to make, I would probably still show some kind of excitement after making it. Well, maybe not excitement because I I wouldn't really be winning anything and a good golf score for me isn't actually that good. But I might smile. I I might pump my fist a little bit. I might look at my buddy and say, hey, that's the best score I've ever shot. I wouldn't just casually pick up the ball out of the hole and walk away and not not do anything. But, but hey, what do I know? I, I, you know, that's a totally different level that uh, OG is at. And uh, don't forget, great shot and uh, a great pass by Kyle Lowry to get it all the way across the court into a position where Ananobi could could fire away. But uh, Lowry says, hey, uh, I don't really re- deserve any credit for that. The pass was nothing. OG made the shot. All the credit goes to the shot. Uh, that's, the, that's the tough shot. Give OG that credit. I, I don't The pass was just, just to get it to a guy like OG. That's OG's moment, man. And that's a great moment for that kid. And I'm so happy and so proud of him, man. And don't take away, you know, the pass meant nothing. The shot was everything. All right. Well, see, that that's being modest as well. But I guess that's why they're a pretty good team. We'll see if they can tie up the series tomorrow against the Boston Celtics. Always happy to hear from you. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We are 30 seconds into the game. Vancouver and Vegas, they're underway at Rogers Place with a berth in the West Final against Dallas on the line. So uh, we will keep you updated on that one. I want to talk a little horse racing here. It's pretty cool. The Kentucky Derby is tomorrow. Tis the Law is uh, the overwhelming favorite. We do have an Alberta connection in that. Jerry Isbister, who uh, lives in Calgary. And uh, I interviewed him. This interview was done yesterday while he was at his office working in Seattle. He was traveling today, so he had to do the interview today. Jerry Isbister is the father of former NHLer, former Oiler Brad Isbister. And uh, the horse is attachment rate. Jerry, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. It's nice to talk to you. Uh, How are the nerves for an owner the day before the race? Well, um, I've got to say I'm more excited. Uh, the nerves are uh, really non-existent at this point. We've got a, a, you know, a fairly strong horse. He is a long shot. Uh, he's earned his way in on on qualifying points. Uh, the uh, the uh, Derby running in September over uh, May allowed us to uh, uh, become more of a competitive horse and 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 build some points. So we kind of got lucky with this uh, delay in the race. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, attachment rate. I, I believe he's the first uh, Alberta horse in the Derby in, in 14 years, so that's pretty cool. But tell us a little bit about uh, about his journey and his strengths. Yeah, he's a strong horse. Is uh, um, we purchase most of our horses at the Keeneland uh, sale, uh, the yearling sale every September, and. Uh, um, he's uh, by Hardspun. Hardspun was a competitive, hard-running horse. Uh, in I believe 207, he was second in the Derby, and I think he was third in the Preakness, and maybe fourth in the Belmont. Never won the big one, but was very competitive. So uh, we use a bloodstock agent, Bradley Weisborg, out of New York, and he assists us with a lot of purchases along with our trainer Dale Roman. So. Um, attachment rate. I think he'll be fairly competitive. It is a con- Kentucky Derby. It's uh, you know it's a difficult race. Uh, the favorite, uh, uh, tis the law, is awfully strong. I don't know if you check the odds. There's three or four low odd horses or strong horses, and the rest are pretty higher odds horses or long shots. Yeah, for you, how long have you been in the horse business now and had had uh, owned horse uh, racing horses? I mean, it's a pretty it's a pretty cool thing to do. 
It is a cool thing uh, to do. Uh, I got in about 20 years ago. My partner, uh, Jim Bach, he's out of Madison, Wisconsin. We've had a business relationship for about 36 years. And uh, Jim and I and our wives have attended the Derby for about 22 years. And about 20 years ago, we decided we're going to, um, you know, get in the horse business and use the local trainer out of Churchill. Uh, so about 20 years, uh, we buy four or five horses a year at the Keeneland sale. And uh, attachment rate has been one of our better ones. We have another horse, Mr. Freeze, that is running on Friday. He's a five-year-old. Uh, he's another strong horse for us. He, I think he's won about a million six. Uh, so that that's a pretty high watermark uh, for attachment rate to beat. So I, I got to put it to you this way. Of course, you are Brad Isbister's dad, and uh, you know you're. Uh, we're both Albertans, so we know it's it's hockey country here. Uh, like is scouting a racehorse trying to like draft a kid out of junior or draft a kid out of bantam for the dub? I, I don't know if there's a comparative level there. <laughs> I think you compared it fairly well, and it's more to the bantam, the bantam level. Uh, you know, a, a basically a three-year-old in the horse world is around a fifteen-year-old. We we kind of guess or estimate in the in in the uh, you know human world so probably out of bandom so there are you know there's not too many that are very successful and it's because of the difficulty of picking the right one and the other side is uh there's a lot of good horses out there strong horses and and uh it the difficulty is keeping the horse sound and uh for example art collector scratched I think it was yesterday morning, and Art Collector was a horse we ran against in the Ellis Derby a few weeks ago, and he was one of the favorite. Got up, uh, you know, went to a Breeze yesterday, sore foot, so he's out of the Derby. So soundness in racehorsing is a big, big factor. Jerry is Mister joining us tonight on Inside Sports, owner of Attachment Rate, who will run in the uh, Kentucky Derby. Going to be fun to watch that. So. Uh the Kentucky Derby itself. You mentioned you've been you've been going for what twenty two years? Did you say? Yes, yes. Tell everybody. I, I've seen it on television, and it's just a sea of people. Uh, it's an incredible atmosphere, and then obviously the, the race starts, and it's just this thrilling couple of minutes. What's it like being there on Kentucky Derby Day? Well, it's a extremely exciting day, and actually, the Derby weekend starts basically on Friday with the Kentucky Oaks. So there's two days of build up, but uh, Derby Day with the race card prior to and leading up to the Derby is just f- fantastic. It's super exciting. Um, you know, it's attended uh, the race as you're probably well aware by. You know, celebrities, sports celebrities, uh, uh, Hollywood celebrities, and people come from all over the world. Uh, when that, uh, when the gate opens and, and the the horses start down the straightaway in front of the grandstand, there's just a roar, and it's just an amazing sound. And obviously, when they uh, turn the fir- into the first turn, it's a constant uh, a roar from the from the grandstands. It's just super exciting. Uh, and two minutes or two minutes and a couple seconds later, it's all over and a Kentucky Derby winner is crowned. But it's an exciting day. Uh, the pageantry with the, you know, the, the, the hats and the dresses. And uh, it's just a, an amazing, um, an amazing sporting event. Okay. I, I, I hope you, you like this question. What's the biggest misconception people have about horse racing? The biggest misconception, uh, it's profitable. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I wondered if that might be your answer. Yeah, yeah. These 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 horses need to be taken care of, as do the people that look after them, right? <laughs> no, you have to enjoy it. You have to love it, and and uh, you're in it to uh, to ultimately, if you're purchasing higher end horses, you're in it to be in the Kentucky Derby. It's it's not about the money or the return on your investment. That's for certain. And and not many people get the opportunity. As I said earlier, we're fortunate. You know, the race got delayed, and and attachment rate seemed to get stronger and stronger and after his last outing at ellis park we just felt he was he's earned the points and we're going to allow him uh, based on earning the points to get in the derby to race in the derby so we're we're awfully excited about it uh, we understand he's a he's going to be a, a long shot uh, but there's some noise about him now back in louisville people taking him along with some of the favorites in a in a, you know a trifecta or a superfecta so we're hoping for the best we just hope uh, he comes off the track healthy and and uh, talamo has a good route and a good ride and uh, we'll see what happens at the end, at the end of the two minutes and two seconds or whatever it'll end up being this year all right, and I got to ask you. Let everybody know how life after hockey is going for Brad. Of course, uh, he was uh, he was an Oiler for a while and a pretty good career in the NHL. How's he doing? Yeah, he's doing fantastic. He and his wife Tamara and their three boys. They actually just moved to Vancouver, British Columbia. Uh, he's doing well. He's running our uh, Canadian business and uh, and just taking over the U.S. business. But he's doing well. Anyone who knew him when he played, he's a solid guy. Uh, we like to say he's a kid. There always been a young man with a stick on the ice. So uh, and he's continued on in business with the same hard work and and uh, kind of a, a goal achiever uh, in the business world as well. Awesome stuff. Jerry, thanks for checking in. All the best in the Derby. All the best to attachment rate. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Reed. All the best. All right, good stuff. Jerry is Mr. Co-owner of Attachment Rate, and I, I got to read you this, tweeted out about 25 minutes ago by Curtis Stock, former sports writer here in Edmonton, still follows horse racing very closely, and he's pretty good at making predictions. Uh, Curtis knows his stuff. He knows his horses. This is what he wrote. Maybe I'm biased because of the Edmonton connection to attachment rate, but I can see him running second to Tis the Law in the Kentucky Derby. Tis the Law stands out, but there's no obvious second choice. So why not attachment rate, who is 45 to 1 on the morning line? Maybe the exactor? Hmm, is that what Curtis is saying? Tis the Law with attachment rate? Why not? But Tis the Law, the, uh, the overwhelming favorite for the Derby tomorrow. It is 20 after 7, no score, 8 minutes in between Vegas and Vancouver. We're back after the break. So halfway through the first period, no score. Vancouver and Vegas in Game 7. Vancouver trying to come back from a 3-1 deficit to win the series. Colorado came back from a 3-1 deficit to force Game 7 against Dallas. But Dallas wins at 5-4 in overtime. To advance tomorrow, another potential 3-1 comeback. Don't forget the Islanders were up three games to one on Philadelphia. Two consecutive overtime wins for the Flyers. And uh, we're going to Game 7 tomorrow in Toronto. Philly 
and the Islanders. That's turned into a pretty exciting series as well. Thanks a lot for checking in tonight. Hope your long weekend is off to a, a good start. Hope you're able to uh, enjoy it to whatever extent you can. On Monday, we're going to have uh, a best of show for Inside Sports. We'll get into bringing you the uh, games from the conference finals, likely middle of next week here on 630 Chet. So you will get some live sports as we uh, move through September. Man, Kellen, it, this is really weird. For me, no, uh, and obviously for Dave and Morley, and for a lot of fans, no Labor Day football, no Labor Day classic, mm. no double E against the Stampeders. It's usually a day where I'll come in and do inside sports after Dave and Morley wrap up the coverage yep. from McMahon Stadium. That's always a, a highlight on the calendar watching that game, even though it hasn't gone very well for the double E the last few years. But uh, yeah, there, there are moments where it, things really, really hit me. And this is one of those weekends because this is usually kind of the okay, it's 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 ramping up for the fall. Uh, we're getting into the second half of the season in the CFL. It's usually at this point we're about a week or so away from where there's training camp and we're going to be getting into our broadcasts and exhibition games and then into the season in early October. But that's all uh, that's all been thrown off. So it's, it's kind of hitting me this weekend, uh, this weekend a little bit. But that's okay. That's okay. We're, may, we're getting through it. I've been working at home since the second week of April, I want to say. I didn't really record it. I'm not one of these people counting counting the days. I just I just not that I, I think there's anything wrong with doing that. I just not really interested in doing it. But sitting here camped out in my basement, got the game on the tube. It's uh, it's it's an interesting vibe. How are things with you, buddy? I'm doing all right. Doing good. Uh, yeah, it's going to be way different this year. Uh, you know, not having that option on Monday to flip and check out any of the CFL, uh, you know, riv- quote unquote Labor Labor Day rivalry games. Uh, you know, because Toronto Hamilton as well. That's a fun game to watch or uh, and and check out. That's usually on before. Calgary we'll tell you what is going on. We'll tell you what is going on. We mentioned you can watch the Kentucky Derby tomorrow at Century Mile. It is the Fall Classic. A little more horse racing chat when we get back to Inside Sports. Indeed you are. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Five minutes left in the first period. No score. No score between Vancouver and Vegas as the Canucks try to complete the dramatic comeback. Of course, uh, Thatcher Demko, goaltender for the Canucks. He's busy again. The shots are 11-1 in favor of the Golden Knights. I'll say that again. The shots are 11-1 in favor of the Golden Knights, about five minutes to go in the first period. But he's uh, he's keeping him in there. Earlier today, Dallas beats Colorado 5-4 in overtime. They win the series four games to three. Baseball tonight. Blue Jays won the first half of the doubleheader against Boston 8-7. They are trailing in the second half 3-1 in the sixth. Remember, it is seven inning games in doubleheaders in Major League Baseball this year. Basketball, first game of the West semifinals between the Rockets and the Lakers. Houston up 2016 with four minutes left in the first quarter. Earlier, Miami goes up three games to nothing on the Bucks 115-100, the final there. In the fourth quarter, get this. In the fourth quarter, Miami outscored Milwaukee 115, or pardon, I'm reading the final score. They outscored them in the fourth quarter 40 13. 
They'll score them by 27 points in the fourth to win by 15. So Miami's up 3 nothing there. Okay, uh, we're talking about the Kentucky Derby and a pretty big day of horse racing coming up at Century Mile as well as the Fall Classic. To discuss that, please welcome to the show Matt Jukic. He's the racing manager at Century Mile. Hey, Matt, how are things, man? Fantastic, Reed. We are uh, one race into our Friday night card. Seven more to go. Weather's beautiful. Looking forward to a big day Sunday. Well, yeah, that's that's right. Of course, you're doing this in the in the middle of working. So thanks, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks okay. a lot for doing this. Are, now, are you guys going tomorrow, or is tomorrow off to lead into Sunday? Uh, no, we we've only been going two days a week this year. Obviously, a bit of a right. strange year with uh, COVID and everything, but it's worked out really well. Generally, there's eight races on Friday night and ten on Sunday. Uh, our handles have been very, very strong this season. So if you haven't played along with us, uh, now now's the time to jump in. The pools have been big, and the payoffs have been have been pretty pretty huge. Uh, we had a pick five carryover a couple weeks ago of a quarter million dollars. So lot, lots of money to be made around here. No, no. Remind me again. Can anybody go to the track? Is it limited attendance? What's the what's the rule there right now? So we are limited to 200 people outside. Uh, we are selling tickets through Show Pass, which gets you a program and onto the tarmac at your own picnic table, which, of course, is socially distant for everybody else. So grab a couple people and grab those tickets on Show Pass to search Century Mile, and uh, you can get a hold of those there. We do have the restaurant open, which oversees the track as well. And I believe the restaurant is full, full, full for Sunday, and there's only a couple tickets left uh, if you want to come watch the best Alberta Reds uh, throw down on Sunday evening. Yeah, that's that, that, that's uh, that's going to be awesome. And i got to tell you, Matt, and I'm... I, I gotta, I gotta admit, as as a as a radio host, I, I try not to talk too much about wagering because I don't want to make it sound like I'm encouraging people to wager because some people aren't comfortable. I happen to be comfortable, and that's part of the fun of horse racing. Uh, if, if if that HPI bet site, yes, sir. I mean that that is that might be the best website in the history of the universe. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to, to play. Uh, you get all the video right there. Uh, you can load your account very easily. You can withdraw easily right into your bank account. Um, it, it's it's well designed. It's super easy to use from anybody who's uh, more experienced or even somebody who's just new to it. It kind of walks you through it pretty easily. So HP Bet is, is the option here in Canada, and then Woodbine does a great job with it. So free to sign up, and uh, yeah, you can load your account and watch, watch and wager any track in North America, really. Well, I have a confession last night, Matt. I, I wagered on a race in Australia. That's okay. What's wrong with that? Because why not? <laughs> Two bucks. <laughs> Two bucks down that. the tubes. But, uh, but, oh, it, 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 but if I just want to say, like, I, you know, I know, it, look, everybody has a different comfort level with, uh, with going out, and I, we're not going to get into that discussion today. I respect whatever anybody wants to do. But I, what I am saying, if you usually might go to the track or, or you think, you know, you'd like to watch fall classic races, you can totally do it comfortably from your own home online and, and bet as little as much as you want. So that's why, why I think I should mention HPI bet as, as an option for people who want to do it that way. Even if you wanted to, to hang out with your friends and just pick horses and see who's smarter, that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. So does, does it doesn't need to be money. Of course, you can't get rewarded uh, if you do wager, but maybe you can have a side bet for a beer or something else uh, if you did want to just play with your friends and ha- have some fun and watch the races. Uh, well said. I mean, we're going to get to Sunday, of course, but the uh, the Kentucky Derby's tomorrow. I had Jerry Isbister on the show. We got an Alberta horse uh, in the Kentucky Derby for the first time since 06. That's pretty cool. That's very cool. Um, attachment rate, who's one of now 16, a couple scratches today. They're kind of dwindling down that field just a little bit, but pretty good uh, pretty good record there for attachment rate leading into this race, but I think he's got a pretty pretty tough one to navigate around there in Tis the Law. 
Yeah, everything I, I see is uh, probably 90% of the prognosticators, if not more that I've kind of been reading leading up here, are, are going with uh, with Tis the Law. So, but that's okay. That's what makes it fun. There could be – there's so 16 horses is the field. That's, that is such a large field, though, Matt. That's the one thing I find – really interesting to watch with, with the Kentucky Derby. It is just such a mess of horses on the track there at the beginning. It's usually 20 uh, with kind of the points being weird this year and it being in a different spot than the usual first Saturday in May. They kind of tailed off a few, but they got a new starting gate this year, which I think would have made a bit of a difference. There was a 15-horse gate and then a, an auxiliary gate. There's always kind of that gap, which was a bit strange to to be in. Now they have their first 20-horse gate. And they don't get to use it, unfortunately. Um but yeah, it's a fun race. There's lots that can happen uh, with with poor traffic troubles. Looking at Lucky from a couple of years ago was so much the best, but had to navigate four or five, six horses uh, through the stretch and just couldn't get there in time. Uh, but you talk about favorites, Tis the Law, big favorite today, or tomorrow, sorry, today in the Oaks, big favorite in Gamine. And uh, she got beat 15 to 1, Swiss Guy, or Swiss Guy never was second uh, to, to the horse that uh, scored there, Florence Rue. Uh, she's a naughty devil and Anything can happen. That's why they run the race. Matt Jukic joining us tonight, uh, racing manager at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Okay, so looking ahead to uh, to Sunday, some interesting storylines here. But tell me a little bit about this rivalry between Barno Q and Irish Gold. A fun little fun little race there, the Red Diamond Sprint. You get to see the best sprinters here, uh, first Alberta bred sprinters there, and Irish Gold and Barno Q last year, just a half length apart. Uh, that was when Barno Q got really, really good down at Century Downs last year and won the Red Diamond Express and parlayed that win to a score in the Harvest Plate, which was worth $100,000 at the time. Um, but Irish Gold is a couple wins this year. Barno Q is looking to get back on track. And you got, you got a speed horse, you got a closer, so you should make for an interesting finale or a, a final, final furlong there as they hit the wire. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but it, 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 classic day, is this not a day that Zippity Zap really loves? Zippity Zap tend, tends to show up and run his, saves his best races for this day. Zippity Zap, of course, goes in the Breeders' Handicap, the first of our stakes races on the card that goes in race number three. But two straight wins in the, 50, uh, it was $50,000 last couple of years, 40 this year, but two straight wins in the Breeders' Handicap does look for number three. He doesn't run a lot. But he does like to make the most of uh, whatever he makes it to the track. And it never hurts to get Rico Walcott in the saddle, who's got 43 wins at the meet so far, and Craig Smith, who's the second-leading trainer there. So they've, uh, they've got along pretty well so far. All right. And I, I know you, you sent me a couple notes as well. Uh, you mentioned Lanny Mack. The only, the only Lanny Mack I know has a pretty big mustache, but I don't think this is him. <laughs> I, I haven't inspected this one, but I don't think he's got much of a mustache there. So, <laughs> What's the story? <laughs> so the... Uh, the local prep for the Canadian Derby, of course, the biggest race in uh, in Alberta does go in three weeks on September 27th. Uh, this will be the prep for it. We've got nine Alberta breads that are lining up. Uh, Masqua Chiefs will be the morning line choice, probably the choice come post time for Hall of Famer Red Smith. But Lanny Max kind of been a horse that the trainer has really, really liked all year, Jerry Robertson. He's been a big horse. He was a two-year-old that really just couldn't put it all together. In his three-year-old year, it's kind of been the light bulb coming on moments every time he's hit the track. It was third, first time out, then fourth. And then he blew away a maiden allowance field, last him out by almost five lengths. He's followed that up with a very good-looking work there in 59 flat and really comes into this race on his best game. Um, smart fix, the top older mare last year. Kind of took a little while for her to get rolling, too. She got her first win in stakes company on Fall Classic Day as well. But Lanny Mack looking to carry that uh, family tradition on. 
Okay. A lot of great storylines. What time does it all start on Sunday? 5.15 Mountain Time. We've got 12 races, so it will be a bit of a long one here. Uh, but it should be well worth it. We'll, we'll have uh, our stream out in HD, hopefully a few races on TVG, and hopefully we're cracking that million-dollar mark again. Oh, that'd be awesome. Hey, Matt, thanks for checking in. I, I know it, you're busy. It's a lot going on, but, I mean, that's a fall classic day, such a, such an outstanding day. So uh, we'll definitely be following that. And uh, let us know, what did you say, the Derby's in three weeks already? Three weeks on Sunday, yes, it's September 27th. We're going a uh, mile and a quarter with the three-year-old boys for hundred grand. It's a huge day as well. Tickets are on sale. Uh, the $75,000 Oaks, we have a $75,000 older horse race for boys and girls. Uh, so four huge races. Should be a fun afternoon, evening there as well on Sunday. That'll be a 5.15 first post. But uh, like you mentioned, if you can't make it out, if you're not comfortable, hbibet.com. You can watch and wager on all the action. All right, yeah, we'll have you or somebody on leading up to the Derby, too. That'll be fun to talk about. All the best, Matt. Thanks, Reed. Take care. That's Matt is checking in, racing manager at uh, Century Mile. So he gave you some of the storylines there. If uh, if you're into the racing, if you're not comfortable going to the track, there are ways to bet online, watch online, uh, and all that kind of fun stuff. And then the Kentucky Derby tomorrow. Big, big weekend for horse racing. They just finished the first period, and we do not have a goal. We do not have a goal between the Canucks and the Golden Knights. We do have... Just waiting to see if there might be another update here. We do have a total of 13 shots, 11 of them by the Vegas Golden Knights. And as they go to commercial, Sportsnet is uh, showing a highlight reel. Thatcher Demko busy again in net. All right, it is 7.44. We got to call a quick timeout. You're welcome to get in touch. 780-496-0063 is the number to call or text. We're back after the break. a buddy who can be a little cheeky sometimes and after the Canucks won last night he texted me and said Thatcher Demko is already the second greatest goaltender in Canucks history after Roberto Luongo (laughs) perhaps a uh, bit of an exaggeration but uh, who would it be Kirk McLean Dan Cloutier King Richard Brodeur? How high would Markstrom be up there? I think, Kellen, unless I'm missing somebody, I think Luongo is clearly the best goaltender in Canucks history. No love for Eddie Lack? Come on. No, well, you know, Alex Ald, sure. We can we can go down the list. Murray Bannerman was briefly a Vancouver Canuck. We could, uh, you know, John Garrett, who we've had say, on the show John several times. John, John Garrett would not even pick himself. And the all-star game that John Garrett went to, what was that, 81, where Gretzky got the four goals in the third period and Garrett would have been the MVP of the game otherwise and won a new car. I, I believe that it, Brodeur was supposed to be the goaltender in that game, Richard Brodeur. Uh-huh. And I think he was injured. So Garrett, whose stats weren't very good that year, got to go instead and, and nearly was the MVP of the game. But instead, uh, Gretzky went off in the third period and was, uh, was able to win the car. But uh, Demko is quite a story. The, the Canucks being outplayed tonight. They just have two shots on goal. The Demko 
holding them in and uh, the Canucks hanging around trying to uh, trying to win it tonight in game seven. Pretty interesting. 780-496-0063 is how you can call or text. Uh, Dallas and Colorado, what a phenomenal series. I, I, I really enjoyed watching that. It, it was so back and forth. Massive momentum shifts, um, teams exploding, you know, for three or four goals in a row. And then today's game, seven early goals, momentum shifts, uh, back and forth in the second period, back and forth in the third. Uh, there, there was a chance right at the buzzer. I, I don't think it would have counted. But, well, first of all, Dallas scored a goal right at the end of the second period, but it was clearly after the buzzer went. And then uh, at the end of the third period, Pavelski had a chance in in front and Hutchinson got his glove on it. I don't think that one would have counted, but it was, it was a lot closer than the other one. And then they get, they go to overtime and, you know, again, just, just strange stories. The, the guy who's played a total of 14 NHL games, regular season and playoffs combined, Yoel Kiviranta, gets a hat trick, including the overtime winning goal at 724 of overtime, and Dallas wins that series. That was an absolute beauty. Tomorrow, the Islanders and the Flyers square off, and through it all, the Tampa Bay Lightning getting some rest. I would heavily favor the Lightning in the Eastern Conference Final, and the Islanders are such a plucky team. They they have depth. They, they play with structure. They're dogged. They uh, they always seem to bounce back if something goes wrong in a game. They're getting good goaltending. They're defending well. If they were to win tomorrow, I here's the thing. Every, everything I could say complimentary about the New York Islanders, I feel I can also say about the Tampa Bay Lightning, except that they do it better. And they have the best defenseman in the series in Victor Hedman. And Vasilevsky's a, a better goaltender than anybody than the Islanders can put in. And I think for Philadelphia... Uh, you know, Philadelphia, it's been a really slow playoff up until recently for a lot of their big guns. And that's, I, I think, sort of held them back a little bit. And Carter Hart is doing great. But but again, I would still give Vasilevsky the edge. And I, I just think they're they're deeper all around. So that's what we're looking for there in the uh, East final. We'll continue to follow it pr- pretty quiet right now, obviously, for the Edmonton Oilers. A lot of speculation. Bob was on the show last night, Bob Stoffer, and we talked about potential moves uh on the back end i think the Oilers are gonna well they have to look for some kind of a goaltender i i don't think mike smith would be brought back in net uh i you know miko koskinen i i think he's a good goaltender i still look at any and he definitely had some some hot runs during the season I, i didn't think he played well enough in the playoffs i mean ultimately even though Corey crawford didn't have great stats in that series the Hawks had better goaltending because Crawford flat out won them a game in game four. The Oilers 45 shots in game four, 20 in the third period, and they couldn't get the win. And I know there were other issues for Edmonton in that series besides the uh, the offense and, and getting stopped by Corey Crawford. But when it came down to it, Chicago's goaltender won them a game and the Oilers goaltenders uh, did not win them a game and in fact might have cost them a few goals along the way. I, I I think we've seen Koskinen, you know, he's generally pretty good down low. He, he's, he had really bad issues with his glove hand at the end of the 18-19 season. I don't think that's a consistent problem for him, but but somebody said to me something about Miko Koskinen shortly after the Oilers were eliminated. And this this person who is someone I, I trust and, and I, in my mind, knows a lot about goaltending, this person said, Reed, I hate big goaltenders that make themselves look small and continually get beat up over the shoulder. And I think that's a little bit of a problem for, for Koskinen. Now, having said that, he's under contract. He's going to be on the team. 
Uh, I do think he's a pretty good goaltender if you need to use him 30 to 35 games. I, I just don't think he's a number one. I, I would rate, personally, I, I would rate Miko Koskinen around the 40th best goaltender in the NHL. I was talking to somebody else earlier this week who thinks Koskinen is 15th to 30th. So uh, a, a kind of a lower end actual number one in the NHL. Uh, I don't see that. And when I look at the goaltending in the playoffs, just what a battle it is to score on these some on some of these guys. And you need a deflection. You need tons of traffic in front. There aren't a lot of goals going in where a goaltender is kind of losing his net like Koskinen did at times or, or like I said, getting beat up high cleanly over the shoulder, things like that. That's why I would rate him there. I hope he does better. I Look, I know he works hard. They all work hard. Um, and, and I do think... You know the team in front of him believes in him, believes in him, but they they just need a few more stops along the way if they're going to become a real elite team. Of course, you know they need some other things as well. But to me, that's still the most important position on the ice. Just watching the Dallas uh, Colorado highlights here, good for Andre Secker to be involved in that game winning goal. I, I think someone if if he if he wasn't didn't have the contract that he did, he, he would have stayed in Edmonton Oilers. But for what he was making, I don't think they could justify the five and a half million dollars per season. So he was bought out and signed for a little over a million with, uh, with the Dallas stars. And, and he's been solid there. I mean, he's been solid there on their, on their bottom pair. He can go out there. He can, he skates. Okay. Not as well as I did. I think before he was injured against uh, Anaheim in the Oilers playoff run in 2017, but uh, a smart player, a calm player, and he can pass the puck. And you saw that today. He got down low, patient quick pass out to Kivaranta who did a great job backing away from the net to make himself open and it's it's fired in for the one-timer and the end of the series so good for Reg as they call him of course his Andre his name first name ends in R-E-J so his nickname around the dressing room was Reg here's what we're gonna do and here's what you're gonna do you're gonna go into the long weekend and you're gonna enjoy it and uh, you're going to take it easy. I, I hope you can. I hope all is well in your world. Monday, we're going to have a best of inside sports here on 630 Jets. Some of our favorite interviews over the last few weeks on the show. Live show on Tuesday. And then uh, likely on Wednesday, we'll get into bringing you the conference final. So you'll hear some live sports in this time slot. Big thank you to Dave Campbell. He's the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening. Take care. Friday. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.